You and I have something in common. Here it is. We both believe, in fact, we all believe, that there should be a connection between what people say and what they do. Yeah, we believe that what people say and what they do should be aligned with each other. In fact, in the English language, we even have cliches. We have sayings that we've developed to illustrate this. And I say these things, you say these things. We all do because that's the assumption we make. We say things like, talk is cheap. When we say talk is cheap, we don't really mean like monetarily. We say talk is cheap because the proof is in your action. The proof is in what you do. Talk is cheap. We also say, well, you talk the talk, but will you walk the walk? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but let's see what you do. Talk the talk, but will you walk the walk? And here's this one. We say this all the time. Somebody will say something that they're going to do, something that they're going to accomplish, and we'll say in return, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe that when I see it with my own eyes because we know it's not just what people say, it's what people do that matters. Now, it's with that understanding and with that idea that we come to week two of our Faith is Series. And if you miss week one, you want to go back to week one and get caught up because we're going to pick up today in week two where we left off last week in Faith is Week One. Today we're going to pick up with the definition that we came up with together, the working definition for faith. And there's a lot of definitions out there, but for our purposes in this series, faith is trusting, living, worshiping when I can't see it, feel it, or know what's next. Trusting, living, worshiping when I can't, when you can't, when we can't see it with our eyes or understand it feel it in our bones or in our spirit or somewhere inside, and when we can't see what's coming next. And today, week two, where last week we focused on trusting, today we're, focused on, we're focusing on living. Because faith begins with trusting. We saw that last week. Believing on God, trusting, relying, depending on God when you can't see it, feel it, or know what's coming next. But it can't just stop with trusting. Trusting is where it begins, but it must go beyond trusting to what we're going to talk about today, and that is the living it out. Living. Faith is living when I can't see it and understand it. Living when I can't feel it. Living when I don't know what's coming next because it's not enough just to say I have faith. I need to, and you need to, we all need to display our faith. It's not enough for me to just talk about, and you to just talk about how much faith. It needs to show up in our walk. It's not just enough for you and I to talk about what we believe. We need to illustrate it by the way we live. We need to trust God enough to do something about it. Trust him enough to live it out, to put it into action, especially when we can't see it, feel it, or know what's coming next. It's about the living. It begins with trusting, but faith is about trusting that naturally leads to the living out of what it is you say you believe, what it is you say you're trusting in God for. Or here's another way to say it. Here's another way to describe it. How you live reveals how much you trust. 
how I live my life reveals, it uncovers, it puts on display how much it is I really trust. Because I say I have faith, you say you have faith, we say we trust in God, but it's actually how we live our lives. Our level of trust in God is actually seen in how we live our lives. It's seen in our actions, our choices, our decisions, our behaviors. Or simply put, you and I as people, we do what we believe. People do what they believe. That's just a principle that is true. Mark it down. You can see it in all facets of life. People don't always do what you expect. People don't always do what you hope. People don't always do what you plan. But people will always do what they truly, deep down, believe. We do what we believe. So this brings a lot of things into the spotlight, doesn't it? A lot of the ways we live, a lot of the ways we, we think. You see, when it comes to faith, it's not really about bold declarations. And Christians are, are big about making bold declarations about God and about our response to God. I, I've said things like this, and I've heard you say things like this. Yeah, you. Christians say things like, well, this is what I believe about God. Man, that's impressive. And, and this, this is what I have put my faith in. And my faith is in God. And I trust God to do this. And I believe that God's going to do this. And my faith is in God to do this. And we make these bold declarations. But you and I have got to understand that as Christians, it really comes down to not how boldly we declare our faith. It really comes down to how we are going to practically live out our faith. It's not just about what we say, it's about what we do that truly matters. And faith is not only trusting, but also living, which goes beyond just trusting, living, trusting in God and then living it out when I can't see it, when I can't feel it, and when I can't see what's coming next. Now, Jesus' little brother, James, a lot of people don't know that that Jesus had a little brother, and his name was James, and James was the first leader in the first church in the first century. And James picked up on this, and one of the most famous passages in the New Testament, one of the most highly debated passages in the New Testament, I can remember in seminary so much time and energy dedicated to this passage in James chapter 2 that Jesus' little brother James penned to this first group of Christians in the first century in the first church. In fact, lots of debate. I, I did a lot of different papers and things on this passage because I was fascinated with this passage and still to this day, I'm so challenged by it. And so I want us to, to look at this passage together because James picked up on this and he told these first Christians how important it is to bring into alignment what they say when it comes to their faith and how they live when it comes to their faith. There is a connection. They need to be into alignment with each other. James says this, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Now, there's a lot going on here, okay? Uh, a lot to unpack just with this verse alone. But he's talking to Christians 
He's talking to brothers and sisters. That's why he addressed brothers and sisters. And he says, listen, if you say you have faith, but you don't show your faith by how you live, by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Now listen very carefully. The word save here is often misleading to people because they often assume in the New Testament when they see the word save or hear the word save that what they're reading about is save in the idea of eternal salvation. You see, the word save or saved and salvation is used many times in the New Testament, but not all of the times that it is used is it referring to eternal salvation, like going to heaven when you die and not going to hell and all those kinds of things, however you want to understand and describe all of that. This is not talking about an eternal destiny. So when he says, can this kind of faith, this kind of faith, quote-unquote faith, as we'll see in a minute, it's not really faith because that's not the way faith works. But he says, if you've got this kind of faith that you talk about, and it's a bold declaration, but it doesn't illustrate itself in the way you live, can that kind of faith save anybody? It's not talking about eternal destination as far as heaven and hell. What he's talking about here, the word save, doesn't mean that. It means, is it useful? Is it helpful? Is the kind of faith that only talks a big talk, but doesn't walk the walk, is that kind of faith useful to anybody? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Is that kind of faith helpful to anybody? The answer is no. That kind of faith can't help anybody. And then he gives this illustration. Watch this. He illustrates it. He says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing? What good does that do? Well, we know the answer to that question. Absolutely no good whatsoever. If you see someone who is in physical need, they're hungry, they need clothing, and you just say, hey, I hope it works out okay for you, man. Hang in there, hang in there, chin up and all that sort of thing, and you send them on their way, and you don't actually clothe them, and you don't actually feed them, has your nice sentiments helped them at all? No, absolutely not. And we all know that. That's why he you know, wrote this the way he did to his readers. Everybody at this point, including me and you, are going, yeah, that's, that's absolutely no good whatsoever. Because he illustrates it, and then he makes the point again. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. It's not just about what you say. It's not just about what comes out of your mouth. It's not just about some kind of bold declaration about what you believe about God, what you believe about the Bible. No, unless it produces good deeds, action, unless you live it out, it is dead and useless. Now, he's not saying you don't have faith. He's just saying it's dead. Uh, as I you know, heard a roommate of mine in freshman, my freshman year in college, he was in ROTC, and he would, he would come up with all these crazy sayings, and, and he would say, you know, that is dead. That just don't move. That's like pond water. And you know what they say about pond water. It just don't move. Now, you may not think that's funny. I think it's very funny. But it's kind of like that idea. Dead, like pond water. It ain't moving, it ain't flowing, it ain't going nowhere. It's just sitting there. And a faith that doesn't live itself out is completely useless, unproductive, and it's not going to help you, and it's not going to help me, and it's not going to help anybody else that's looking on. Let's keep going. Now, someone may argue. People have a tendency to do that. Some people have faith and others, others have good deeds. 
Because everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? James says, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So this a little confusing here. Maybe if you kind of read it a couple times, you figure out what he's saying. He's saying, I know, I know the deal. Everybody says they're different. Everybody says they're the exception. Some people say, well, that may work for you. But I can say I have faith, and I don't have to show it. I don't have to live it out. And God knows my heart. God knows what's on the inside. And you can't tell me just because I don't do it a certain way or, 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 or do this or do like you do that you... Yeah, you can't say that. Everybody's different. He said, I get it. I get all that. But here's the deal. How can you show me your faith, he says, if you don't show me by the way you live? He said, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. In other words, that's just the way it works. You can't show me your faith without showing me some action. He said, the way I show you my faith is showing you how I live it out. That's just the way it works. And then he goes on. You say you have faith. Now he gets real high and tight right here. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. In other words, you know, woohoo. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Man, he's not pulling any punches here. People that read the Bible and think, yeah, it's just all nice, warm, and fuzzy stuff. This is tough stuff. He's saying, some of you people talk about your great faith. You believe in God. He said, well, the demons believe in God. They believe stuff about God. They believe that there is a God, and that doesn't do them any good whatsoever. They're demons, after all. So the point he's making is, it's not just enough to say anything. And then he wraps it up. This is what he says. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Just as the body is dead without breath, it's just laying there doing nothing because it's dead, so also faith is dead without good works. So what you say about your faith, about what you believe, about how you trust in God, and what I say means absolutely zilch if we don't put it on display. Again, here it is again. How you live reveals how much you trust. That's what James was saying. That's what he was illustrating. And here's the deal. You and I know this is true. In our own lives, we know this principle works this way because we illustrate it and say it in other ways. Let me just give you one quick example. If someone says they love you, you expect that they will show you that they love you. But if they tell you they love you, and they don't show you that they love you, if what they say doesn't get translated into what they do, in other words, if they don't illustrate what they've said by what they do, you begin to question what they said. You begin to question, now really, do you love me? Because you're not showing me you love me. So we know this works. So here's the deal. When it comes to faith, when it comes to faith, the more you act out your trust in God, the stronger your faith will get. The more you do what it is you say you believe. Because people do what they believe. It's just automatic. So the more you live out your faith, the more you bring into alignment your trust in God and the way you live your life, the stronger your faith will grow. The opposite, though, is also true. The less you act out your faith, 
and act on your trust in God. In other words, the less you trust God enough to actually do something about it, the weaker your faith will grow. Until it gets to the point where it's like dead, like James said, it's just useless. It's like a muscle. We, we made this reference last week. I mean, if you work your leg muscle, it's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. However, if you don't work your leg muscle, in fact, if you've had this experience and you've broken an ankle or broken a leg and you've been in a cast maybe in your leg or in an arm, at the end of that experience when they take the cast off and you have not been able to work that muscle, what has happened? It has begun to, it has begun to atrophy and it's smaller, it's skinnier, it's weaker, and it just takes a while because when you don't use it, it it's like a lot of times it just kind of goes away. And that's what happens with faith. And that's what James was telling us, how you live really does reveal how much you trust. So this brings us to a very natural question, a very natural question that I want us to spend the last few minutes unpacking together. How do you need to live out your trust? And I put trust in quotes because it's what you say, and it's what I say, it's what we say, is that I believe this about God, and I trust God for this, and my faith is in God in this. We'll see the way faith works, especially when you can't see it, feel it, or know what's coming next is that you put your trust in God and then you trust him enough to do something. You live that out. Another way to say this is, what do you need to do now? What do you need to do now to live out your trust? To bring into alignment what you say you believe and actually what you do. Because I want to assume, I want to assume you trust God. My question to you is, now how do you need to live that out? Especially if you're in a time where you can't see it and understand it. And you can't feel it. And you don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe for you, it is something to do, going back to last week, something to do with your past. Because see, you believe that God works all things together for good, that God has had his hand at work in my past, and God has brought me to this point. You say that, you declare that, and it's bold, and you're loud and proud about it. I believe that God has, has done all these things, worked them out for my good, but you are so bitter you are so bitter about the past. You are so stuck in the past. And yes, the past is painful. Yes, the memories, are, memories may be difficult. But what do you need to do now? Maybe you need to move on. Maybe you need to leave the past with God and move on into today and move on into the future. So it's not just saying you believe that God has, has brought all these things about to get you here. Now you need to leave it and actually apply it. Or it could be, like we talked about last week, God's plan for your life, thinking about the future. Oh, you say you believe God has a plan for your life and it's a good plan and it's a future. You proclaim that, but do you believe it enough to take a next step to actually do something about it? To actually put one foot in front of the other and make that decision you know you need to make that you've been stalling on making. To actually do something about it. To take a next step. See, it's one thing to say that I believe that God has a great plan for my life and I can't wait for the future. But it's a whole other thing to say you believe it and then take a step into it and do something about it. Or maybe, like we talked about last week, it has to do with your provision, the provision of God providing for you, God taking care of you, God meeting your needs, specifically financial things. Because a lot of people say, I believe God's going to take care of me, God's going to provide for my needs, and God's going to bless me financially. I believe it, I declare it. But do you believe it enough to follow God's principles for handling money? Do you believe that God's going to take care of you enough to be generous? Because that's what he's called us to do. Do you believe it enough to give? 
like God has called us to do. Because a lot of people, when it comes to money and trusting God, they talk a big talk. When it comes to actually giving and being generous, they don't walk a big walk. See, we need to bring those into alignment. You see, this gets sticky, doesn't it? It gets sticky. I feel this. You feel this. This is reality. So, so how do you need to live out when it comes to trusting God to provide for you? How do you need to live that out and bring that into alignment with what you say you believe and how you trust in God to take care of you? See, see Christians say big things. We say big things. I'm a, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. We are people of faith. I believe in love. I believe and I trust that God is a God of love and that he loves me unconditionally and he wants me to love others. Okay, great. I'm glad you believe that. I'm glad that's a part of your faith structure. But I have a question for you. Do you believe that enough to love them? To love that person that is the most difficult person in your life to love? See, everybody's got a them. Everybody's got a them. I've got a them. You've got a them. We all have a them. And you're probably thinking of them right now. And so it's, an, it's one thing to say, I believe God wants us to love everybody, but do you believe it enough to do it? You see, it, it, it's a whole different thing when we start living it out. I believe God wants everybody to forgive. I believe God wants us to forgive people. Well, that's great. I'm glad you believe that. I'm glad that's a part of your trust structure, that you trust that God is forgiving to you and that he wants you to be forgiving to others. But you, will you forgive them the same them, that them? Will you forgive them for that? And say everybody's got a them and everyone's got a that situation too, right? The that that's really hard to forgive them for doing to you or not doing. See, it's one thing to say it. It's a whole different ballgame to actually do it. You see, I believe, I believe what we need to do is just sit down and talk and work it out. I believe that's what people should do. I think people should sit down, get in a room together, and they ought to hear each other out and just listen to each other and understand each other and talk, especially Christians, people that are followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ. They ought to just kind of get in a room together and talk and listen to each other and, and work things out. I'm glad you believe that. That's a great thing to believe. That's a great thing to have a part of your faith structure and in your trust in God. But do you, do you believe it enough to actually have a conversation? It's one thing to say, I believe this is the way it is, the way it ought to be. It's another way to, it's another thing to do it and live it out. I believe. I believe that people ought to volunteer and serve. And I believe we ought to meet needs in other people's lives. Great. Wonderful. Do you believe it enough to serve other people and volunteer yourself? Do you, or do you just believe that other people should do that, but it doesn't really apply to you? Are you doing the thing that James says? Well, Different strokes for different folks, you know. You, you know, not everybody, you know, and you got to just do what you say you believe. How do you need to bring those things into alignment? I believe in prayer. I believe we ought to pray. I, I believe we ought to be people of prayer and call on God individually, as a church, as a nation. You fill in the blank. Christians say all kinds of bold things about prayer. But let me ask you this. Do you believe it enough to actually pray? To actually pray when you're still waiting for an answer to your last prayer? When things aren't working out the way you thought, hoped, or prayed before? You see what I'm talking about is actually living out the faith you say you have. 
Because that's what faith is. That's what faith is. Faith is this whole idea of trusting, living, and worshiping. When you can't see it, feel it, I know what's next. So it begins with trusting, depending and relying on this great, mighty God that loves us and has given his son for us, and that we trust in him. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is our friend, and he takes care of us, and we follow him. We trust in our great God. That's how faith begins. But it also goes past just trusting to living it out, putting it into action. And do you know this is why we exist as a church? Yeah, another way to understand why we exist as a church at the summit is to help People come to a place where they put their trust in God through Jesus Christ and then begin living it out. That's the life of faith. It's about, it's about faith from beginning to end, trusting and living it out from beginning to end. It's really that simple. We want to introduce people to God and have them trust him through Jesus Christ and then learn what it means to live out a life of faith, a life of trust, putting into action the things we say we believe about God. And actually, that is um, why we exist as a church, and that's what's going to help you grow and help me grow and help all of us grow as followers of Jesus. That's why we challenge people to be baptized. That's why we challenge people to serve. That's why we challenge people to get into groups. That's why we challenge people to give and invite their friends, because these are the things, when we work these muscles of living out what it is we say we believe about God, that's when we grow closer to Jesus. And that's when our faith grows. And that's when we grow in maturity as a follower of Jesus. Over time, it just happens. The more steps of faith you take, the more times you put one foot in front of the other and live out what it is you say you believe about God, your faith gets stronger over time, little bits along the way. Until one day you realize God has brought you so far from where you once were and it had everything to do with your trust in him and your willingness to live that trust out. That's the life of faith. I came across something that John Newton wrote. And John Newton, if you have heard that name before, wrote the lyrics, the words to the beloved hymn, Amazing Grace. And this is what John Newton wrote, and it applies to this so beautifully. He said, a Christian is not of hasty growth, but rather like the oak, the progress of which is hardly perceptible, but in time becomes a deep-rooted tree. Isn't that beautiful? That is so true. That that's how you and I grow, one trust-filled action step at a time. One trust-filled, living-it-out decision and choice at a time. One trust-filled, doing what I say, moment at a time, our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And we begin to discover what it truly means to live by faith. It's trusting, and then it's living when I can't see it and understand it, and there's a lot I don't understand. Isn't that right? A lot we don't understand. It's trusting in God and living that out when I can't feel it. Because let's be honest, a lot of times I don't feel close to God and you don't feel close to God. We feel all kinds of things that often are not very good to feel and 
And it's trusting in God and living that out. When I can't see what's next, and I don't know what's coming next. Do you know what's coming next? Do you know what's going to happen next? No, we don't know. And so this is an opportunity for us to live the life of faith. Trusting and living. That's what faith is. Let me pray for us. Our Father, thank you for having James write this stuff down for us to reflect on and to learn, to be challenged by, to be convicted by. Man, this isn't easy stuff, but it's so practical. May we not just say things about you. May we live them out, knowing that we will naturally gravitate to doing what it is we say we believe. May we not just believe the right things, May we live them out in such a way that our faith grows stronger and stronger and stronger as we draw more close to you the whole way, growing in maturity, growing in love, growing in faith. I'm sure that my brothers and sisters, just like me, have things in their lives that they, they can't see and understand. And maybe they're going through a time where they don't feel real close to you. And we all, certainly, don't know what's happening next. We've been shocked so far this year as to what has already happened. So there's no way we could call what's coming next. So this is the perfect opportunity for us to not just trust you, but live out our trust in every single area of our lives. Show us where we need to bring what we do into alignment with what we say we believe. In Jesus' name, amen.